One's a movie buff. One watches movies just enough. Together, fun will be had by all. This is Nadine Katie at the Movies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new and the last episode of 2023. I can't believe this year is almost over. It's like literally counting down until 2024. And Katie and I have a really exciting season four coming up of the show. But before we can get to that, we got to talk about my last movie of 2023, unfortunately. And another unfortunate thing is that Katie was not able to join us on this episode, the last episode of 2023. But that's okay. She did see the last movie of 2023 as well. So, but I do have a special guest. He's no stranger to the show. He's been on the show a bunch of times when Katie couldn't be here. And he's back again because Katie couldn't be here. No, also because we have a special second movie we're going to be talking about that Judson and I went to go see. That's right. My good friend Juddy is here. What's up, buddy? What's happening? I was just thinking, and um, I think this time last year we were you and I were doing the year in review, so that's just good to be back around the same time. Yeah, it's like it, you know, history repeating itself. But this year, well, this year I say this year, this time we're going to be doing our year in review as our first episode of 2024. So I'm excited about that. We're going to do a brief summary of everything we saw, everything we liked everything we hated and then we're going to get a little bit of a sneak peek of what we're going to be doing in season four can't wait hopefully katie can join me for that one because yeah anyway without any further ado let's talk about the first of the two movies that judson and i will be talking about the first one judson did not go see because he refused to because i understand why after actually watching it we're going to be talking about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. This is the final movie of the abysmal DCEU. It had its highlights. You know, there are some movies from it that I enjoyed, but majority of them were just buckets of suck. And this one is included in that. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I thoroughly dislike this movie. But before I dive into my very brief reasons, I got to go over the synopsis. Black Manta seeks revenge on Aquaman for his father's death. Wielding the Black Trident's power, he becomes a formidable foe. To defend Atlantis, Aquaman forges an alliance with his imprisoned brother. They must protect the kingdom. Aquaman the Lost Kingdom stars Jason Momoa, Patrick Wilson, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, and yes, Amber Heard is in this movie. She's in this movie a lot more than they were saying she was going to be. Because if you don't know the controversy with Amber Heard, Johnny Depp, her, were married. They got a divorce. Big fight. All this fun stuff. Trial. She was found guilty of some stuff. He was only found guilty of like like one thing. And a lot of people thought that Warner Brothers, who dumped Johnny Depp when he was just accused of these things, They thought that they were going to drop Amber Heard from Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Well, 
come to find out they didn't. They said they were going to cut a lot of her scenes, and I'm sure they did. But she was still in this movie quite a bit. A lot more than I think a lot of people thought she was going to be. But that's not even half the reason why I didn't like this movie. So let me just dive right into my likes. There were none. There were no likes in this movie. I The, the script was terrible. Uh, Katie and I briefly discussed what she thought of this movie. She agreed that this movie was pretty bad. She said she didn't think it was as bad as I thought it was. But she did agree like the CGI, just being under the water and their hair and their faces look dumb. It just was a hot CGI mess. And it's unfortunate because I do like James Wan. I think he's a good director. I think he's much better at horror movies than he is this type of movie. And it was just unfortunate because it's the last one of the DCU. Not saying I thought it was going to go out with an awesome bang. But my biggest complaint, you know, Katie and I talk about checking the box moments. And that can mean a plethora of things. But this movie checked a big old box. And that big old box was global warming. That was basically the main villain of this movie. And they talked about it a lot, in my opinion. And my wife went to go see it with me, too. And that's like the main thing that she and I both were like, really? That's the direction they went with? Which I can kind of understand because it's Aquaman. He lives in the ocean. You know, they're going to talk about it. But they talked about it a whole bunch. So that was one of my biggest dislikes. And my biggest dislike besides that was everything. Judson, did you see the first Aquaman movie? Absolutely not. Um, in a in a similar vein for the second one coming out. I just the DCEU as a whole, it just it feels so haphazard. Like it clearly doesn't have the Kevin Feige of DCEU. And like you said they they had some highs and I agree wholeheartedly. And like, there are parts of it that I wanted to like, but it just, for what they're trying to go for, it just, it it, it, it they tried to rush things and it seemed like it, it just seemed disingenuous in terms of building a, a universe. And so it just feels like, oh, people like this. So let's do this. And so when Aquaman came around, I didn't care for Aquaman in the first place. And I really didn't care about it. And I do not feel like I'm missing out on anything whatsoever. Um, so, I mean, I know there's a fan base there, but take that for what you will. And it, now it's dead and gone. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, I think the fan base is mostly for Jason Momoa. This movie, if you like Jason Momoa, I'm sure you'll like it because it's just you know Jason Momoa. Not really acting. He kind of reminds me of The Rock. Even though Jason Momoa has had, I think, some roles that have been pretty good. But Jason Momoa basically plays himself. Like, his personality is Aquaman. Like, it's not, it's not Aquaman to me. From what, I, from what I know of the comics, I'm not a big comic book reader. So I know a lot of people are already tuning me out by, by me saying that. But from what I know of Aquaman, Jason Momoa is just not Aquaman to me. And that's why I was like, Patrick Wilson should have been Aquaman, just the way he presents himself, just the way he he kicks butt, and just the way he portrayed his character. So if I had a like, I would say Patrick Wilson, his performance was pretty good. But everyone else, like the script was just lazy. So I said this was going to be brief, and it is. So I'm ending my thoughts of Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. If you want to go see it, go see it, as I always say. But... Katie did give me her rating for this. She's going to give Aquaman The Lost Kingdom 
two out of six stars, which is very nice because I'm giving it a big old one out of six stars. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was it was kind of it kind of made me sad that this is the way they wanted to end the DCEU, which I'm not saying they probably planned this for this to be the end, but it was it was pretty bad. So that is Aquaman by the Lost Kingdom. It's a bucket of suck. So let's move on to a movie that I wish was my last movie of 2023, because I think it's probably, if not number one on my list of movies from 2023. And that movie is The Iron Claw. And so before we get into our thoughts on that, I will give the synopsis, the true story of the inseparable Von Erich brothers who made history in the intensely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. The Iron Claw stars Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, and Harris Dickinson, as well as a plethora of other very good actors in this film. Before I went to go see this movie, I, I'm not a wrestling fan. I don't follow wrestling that much. I didn't really know much about this story, which I think was a benefit for me because I didn't go in with any preconceived notions. But after I went to go see it, and actually I did read some articles before because I, I, I learned that they did omit one of the actual brothers in the movie, and we'll talk about that briefly. But other than that, I think this movie just, it took me and Judson by surprise when we get, went to go see it. We, we didn't know what to expect because you, you, you watch the trailer, you see Zach Efron's haircut, you think it's going to be kind of borderline silly a little bit because it's about wrestling. But this movie was not that whatsoever. It just, man, I, I, there, there aren't even words to describe what this movie was. Like I said, it just takes you by surprise. It does things that you didn't think it was going to do. It, it tells a heartbreaking story of this family who went through so many tragedies. And I think the biggest thing that you get out of this film is how do you get through tragedy after tragedy after tragedy and still find a way to emerge not victorious but like i i i can't even think of the word justin i'm gonna let you take it away so same boat where i don't follow wrestling and i had nothing i i had no idea what i was getting myself into besides it was just um a good true story with zach efron and jeremy allen white Oh, and Lily James, the cat I love her too. And I will get more into this later in, with the likes and dislikes. I don't know if this is a perfect movie uh, with, you know, having more time to sit with it. But what I will say is that this is one of those movies that it hits differently in the with the place that I'm in my, in my life right now. And so... The timing of watching this and ex being exposed to this at in this story at this time, it made it a very, very special moment. So I have the biggest hard eyes and the biggest flowers to give to this movie. And it ruined the rest of my night. And I <laughs> just wanted to cry and go to sleep. Um, but it really is a special story in the way that they, you know, handcrafted and, and had so much heart telling the story because first and foremost and i'm not going to spoil anything um 
about what actually happens because the more blind you are to the story and the family, the better the experience is going to be by far. And I, I know that can be said with anything, but this is truly something. But the dynamic and the chemistry that the brothers have right off the gate, right off the rip, is already like, all right, I'm in. And there's just something about an actor's chemistry. And I don't know if this is just an artist thing, an actor thing, but I felt a similar way when watching Past Lives um, earlier. Like just the chemistry of actors, just being in a room together is really special. And these guys have it. This is probably Zac Efron's best performance yet. And then the story just unfolds throughout time. So I'll I'll pass it back to Nady. But this was just, it was was the, the perfect time to watch it for me. And it was very heartbreaking but very special yeah they just did they just did a phenomenal job like you said and and i I know that was the that was the biggest note that the real life kevin von eric wanted in this film he wanted them to focus on the relationship of the brothers and i think they did a phenomenal job with that every single person in this movie did a fantastic job with their performance there wasn't a weak link in this movie I know you said that you wouldn't call this a perfect movie. I I think I would because I just, it really took me. And like you said, it really related to certain things going on in my life too, because of some of the subject matter in the film. And like you said, I don't want to spoil it either. Um, Obviously, if you want to look up the true story of the Von Ayer family, you can do that on Google and the internet and stuff. I will say some of the videos I watched after watching the film, I don't know if they got the relationship with the father like 100% because the father comes off as very like hard and very like strict and very, you know, and I don't know if that's exactly how he was. Again, I don't know the inner workings of their family, but just by video interviews and stuff, he comes off as kind of softer than they portrayed him in the film. And they did omit a brother in the movie. Chris Von Eric was another brother who tragically met an end. And um, the director felt that because of everything else going on in the film, having that happen in the movie would kind of just weigh it down even more. And so uh, from what I read and researched, they kind of combined Chris's personality and uh, I believe Mike's personality he kind of melded them together because they had a similar story and when he told kevin the real life kevin he was kind of he he basically said oh that makes sense to do that the director really wanted to have the blessing of the the real life kevin von eric because this is his story and this is his brother's story and i i just there's not many movies that i've cried in in a movie theater and this is one of those movies and again, I would never have thought if you had told me, hey, Nady, this wrestling movie is going to make you sob like a baby. I probably wouldn't believe you because, again, I don't follow wrestling, but I also didn't know this story going in. And so to see it with that blindness to it, like you said, Judson, it just hit me different, especially with the few things that have happened recently in my life, like just some of, again, some of the subject matter. Uh, but I will say trigger warning because there are, is subject matter that some people will find hard to watch. And again, I don't want to say what that is because I feel like that'll spoil some of the film, but there, there is some, there is some subject matter that I think would be rough for people to watch if they're not prepared for it. So again, if, 
I do think some people should look at this film before they go see it just so they know what kind of what they're getting into. If again, that subject matter might be a little too much for some people because I can understand why it would be. I think we kind of went over the likes and dislikes. I, I don't think there really was anything I disliked about this movie. I I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, Justin. I know you said you wouldn't consider this a perfect film. So was there anything in it that you were like, you might change a little bit? I know maybe from a filmmaking standpoint, direction, that kind of thing. Off the top of my head, no, it's it's going to be interesting because I don't, I, I guess you could consider this a dislike, but this is one of the ones that I do not want to watch again. I, with the subject material and for what it is, as as much as I enjoyed the story, the the cinematography, performances, dynamics, I don't know if I can sit through that again. You know, I had coworkers saying the next day, "Oh, I want to go see. I've been wanting to go see that. Let's go see it." I'm like. No, I'll sit it out. I'll go like watch Wonka or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I so I guess that it, that could be a dislike. Uh, there could be some pacing issues in the second the second act, but I on it's nothing of note that's like standoffish and 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 tarnishes how I feel. And, you know, it might come with time if if I do end up watching again, I'll probably be able to find something. It's just here and now. It just I I am aware that where I am right now makes the experience elevated. Like I don't expect people to cry as hard as I did in the theaters and sitting through the entire credits and just sobbing the whole time. But that's also from a personal standpoint. So I just, it was more of a note, like hey, you might not cry as hard as I did. And it might not be as good for you. Just know that it was very special to me. I actually had that conversation with a friend of mine, there are some movies that you watch them at a certain point in your life and you don't want to ruin that experience by watching it again later. Because like you said, if you watch it down the road, I mean, I'm not saying you'll forget the experience you had with it, but you'll be able to find nitpicky things about it that you don't like. And that might ruin the original experience because, you know, there are some movies that I will never watch again. The Passion of the Christ. That's not one of those movies that I'm like, hey, you know what I feel like watching? I feel like watching Passion of the Christ. No, this is not. And this is what this is. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not elevating it to Passion of the Christ. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is this isn't a movie. And I'm like, you know what I feel like watching? I feel like watching the Iron Claw because it's not a feel. It's not a feel good movie. I mean, the the end result of the real life Kevin Von Eric, you can see it's inspirational. And, you know, he kept going despite everything that he had been through. So at that point. You can look at it as a positive and inspirational film, but it's not a movie that you're like, Hey, let's get a group of friends together and watch this. I mean, it's just not. And I, I, so I can agree. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily think that's a dislike either. I think it's, I think it did its job. I think it affected the people that it was going to affect. I'm sure there's a plethora of people that will probably watch it and feel the same thing you did. I felt that way too. I didn't sob, but I did cry. I did tear up because again, we all experience things in life and there's always that one film that reflects that in some way. And I think that that's what this film did. And to me, that's why I think it is a perfect film. I think it did a great job with the, with the performances. I think the director did a great job with just the way he just, everything was shot. I love the eighties feel of it. Uh, you know, because it takes place in the 80s. 
I just loved everything about it. I just really, really did. And I love that Lily James is in it. I know we didn't really mention her that much, but I've loved her since she did, uh, she was in the live action Cinderella. I, I just think she's phenomenal. I just think she's phenomenal. So this movie is just great. So I think we can go ahead and rate this thing. I don't know if you'll be surprised at what I'm going to give it. So I'm going to let you, Judson, uh, give Iron Claw one out of six stars. What you going to say? I'm going to have to give it a six. We're just going to have to full send. Yeah, that's exactly what I think, too. And that that's why I was like beating myself up at the fact that I saw this with you. And then the very next day I saw Aquaman, too. <laughs> I was like, Aquaman, I gave it a one. And then I got to end 2023 with talking about this phenomenal movie, The Iron Claw. Again, do your research if you feel like you have to before you go see this movie. Because again, it does it does cover some, some tough subject matters. But it is a great film. And I don't use the word film lightly when I talk about this. To me, this is a, it's not a movie. It is a film. And I know some people will be like, well, what's the difference? I think a film is more sophisticated than a movie. And this movie was a film. So that is the Iron Claw. I'm going to give it a six out of six. What a way to end 2023 with a one and a six movie in the same episode. Good times. So this is it, Judson. I mean, what are, are there any movies that you're looking forward to in 2024? I'm sure I can think of some off the top of my head, but I know... When we did this episode last year, a lot of the announced projects were either Marvel or the reboots or this and that. And so I know the the movies that have been sticking with me the past few years have kind of sprouted up a month before the release. So I'm just going to stick with that and say no. Maybe the last Spider-Verse movie comes out. Maybe the work the, the work terms are more... Um, livable and and prosperous and they're able to work on that and and get that done because i'm very ready for that but that's probably not coming out until i have kids so (laughs) we'll we'll find out every year i get a new calendar for the year and i put like when certain movies are coming out and i realize like there are like months where only one movie is coming out and that's crazy because this past year i think i was able to see a movie every single weekend and so it's kind of good my wife will like that because i won't be away as much but I was like, well, it's a good thing that Katie and I are taking this show in a different direction season four. So because we ain't going to the movie theaters that much. But I, I will say I'm looking forward to the second Joker movie. I'm looking forward to Inside Out 2. I know there's a lot of sequels and prequels and remakes and people are kind of poo-pooing that. But if they're done well, I'm totally fine with it. The next Ghostbusters movie is supposed to be coming out in 2024. So there are movies that I'm like, okay, I'm pretty excited about. And we can't forget the Jason Statham obvious classic, The Beekeeper, which is coming out in January. How can we forget that? I'm being sarcastic. But I probably will go see it. I probably will go see it just to say, hey, why not? But yeah, so Judson, thank you for joining me once again on the last episode of the year. Is there any way you want to end this episode, the last episode of 2023? You should tune in to at Nat Productions social media. So because we're something you should also look forward to in 2024 is the first episode of Subliminal Songs that we talked about on a special episode of Nanny Katie at the Movies. And I will see you guys in 2024. Cha-ching. Really? That's how you end 2023 with a shameless plug.
How dare you, sir? See you next year. Thanks for listening to Nady and Katie at the Movies. Feel free to leave us a review so people can find the show. Follow us on all our social media platforms. And if there's a movie that you want us to watch, feel free to contact us at nadieandkatie@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.